ادب نمبر گیارہ سانک کو چاہیے کہ اپنے پیر بھائیوں کو محبت و الفت سے آداب سکھائیں مگر اپنے آپ کو ان سے افضل نہ سمجھیں ادب نمبر seek and enjoin upon their fellow seekers these adab, these manners and etiquettes while never ever thinking or viewing themselves to be superior to their fellows. So the first aspect is that these adab are not just to be read and recited, they have to be mutually shared. They have to be taught and enjoined upon one another. Muhammad means love, Ulfat means affection. So with love and affection, kindly, gently. This may not just these particular adab, all of the adab of tariqat, all of the adab of deen, adab of masjid, adab of madrasa, adab of ilm, all the adab. If anybody knows an adab and they see maybe there's somebody who is newer to them, who's more recently taken this path, so they should love and affection, share that adab with them. Try to teach them that adab, inform them of that adab. Muhammad and Ulfat, Ulfat means that you shouldn't do it in such a way that the person should not feel that they did something wrong. Famous example of this is when Sayyidina Rasulullah was in the masjid and a Bedouin came into the masjid Arabi and he urinated inside the masjid, right? The Sahaba wanted to do something very strong to him. But Sayyidina Rasulullah simply said that, no, just tell him that this is the adab of the masjid, that one should not urinate here, and he simply has to urinate outside. That's it. You know. Similarly, we have to tell our students that when you're potty training your children, potty train them outside. When they're potty trained, then you can bring them here don't use our place as a training ground for their potty training. Children are being potty trained, put their diaper on when they come to Zainab Academy, leave the potty training for your house. Alright? <laughs> so the Sayyidina simply informed them. But the Sahaba informed the Bedouin in such a way that obviously then he did come to learn that he had done something wrong, but he didn't feel bad. He wasn't embarrassed, he wasn't humiliated, he wasn't censured, he wasn't accosted. So similarly then ulfat means that you should teach someone adab without making them realize that they were bay adab. That's what it means. Kisi ko adab is sakhana ki usko khud andaza nahi tha ki adab tha. That requires a lot of hikmah, that requires a lot of wisdom. That requires these two things, Muhammad and Ulfat, for that person. So what it means is that a person has to have these feelings for their fellows on the path. This meant, remember the master attribute that they must love for their fellow believer, what they love for themselves. They must love for their fellow seeker, what they love for themselves. So if they know the adab and they want to follow it, they should love that the other should know it and also follow and adhere to it. And most importantly, all the while, they should not view themselves superior. Why is this? Because normally, teacher is superior to student. This is normally in the world, in any field of learning. 
it can be university learning, it can be madrasa learning, it can be khanqa learning, right? Not necessarily even superior in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but there's a certain mansab of being the teacher. So this other was showing that that's not supposed to be there amongst fellows. You see there are fellows and associates and peers, English peer, P-E-E-R, fellows, associates and peers, colleagues, comrades, brethren, fellow seekers. And then there's the Ustaz-Shagird relationship. So, بہت جلدی Ustaz بننے کی کوشش کرنا یہ بھی مناسب Many times I tell you the story of one of our teachers. Actually, even me, technically, he taught me for 10 minutes. Right? But here, our adab is that we'll call him a teacher. But there was a Malana in Lahore. And there was something that we needed to get from that Malana. I said, I was surprised because teach this, the Malana was telling me this has a black beard. And that Malana has a white beard. I didn't understand. So we went there. And it was an ajeeb thing. That, the one with the white beard, he did not in any way present himself as if he was a student. But the one with the black beard was treating him like a shagird. And it was a strange situation. And I could feel that he found it to be a very strange situation. So later, and then I was also learning from the situation. So when we got back in the car, I also said to that Mulana, thinking that okay, he must, because he sat with me for 10 minutes once on surf. Sarf Baha'i, the Farsi, Badanke. Huh? He taught me Badanke. <laughs> so then I asked him, and I also called him Mustaji. I said, Ustaji, Malana Fulane Afsi, conscious of a parada. He may be Haranada. Then from my Kaha, Kuch, Yadni Aramuja, Kuch, Farsi Kashat, the Krakia, the Merisat Mandersame. Farsi Kat, the Krakia, the Merisat Mandersame. Farsi is something that's in Mutawasta, that's even before Ula. But mashallah, Ustadji was, it's not Ustadji, not, and it's not somebody you know. Well, some, but somebody you really know, right? So, when you have brethren, like I told you, our Satazamalan Muhammad Sahib, even the Adab is the people who are in the Ustad Shagar relationship, view the Shagar as their Sati. It should not be the old that the ones who are in the Sati relationship start viewing oneself as Ustad Shagar. Right? So this is very important. Very important. And this is Sunnah Nabiya Karim Sasamalatala says in Quran, we did the ayah today or yesterday, that lower the wing of your humility to the mu'minin. Now if Allah Ta'ala is telling this to Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, right? To lower the wing of your humility to mu'minin. And there can be nobody more afdal than Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu There can be no greater student-teacher relationship then Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu and Sahaba Ikram and even that in that relationship Allah Ta'ala is telling the teacher to be humble right and that's what Sahaba Ikram say Sahaba Ikram say when you the things they say about the Prophet number one they said that we felt that Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu each one of us felt that we were his favorite today mashallah teachers are the opposite instead of lowering the will of their humility they want to rule like sovereign kings or queens over their students. And instead of each one student feeling their favorite, each student she is always depressed that I must be the one that she's angry with the most. Hmm? So far from the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah. 
And then if they're adab, adab, teaching adab to fellow seekers, the point was that the act of teaching should not make a person think there's something. The act of sharing something should not make a person think there's something. And sometimes it happens due to certain due to certain administrative reasons for some purpose one of the brethren may be appointed to teach the others something it could be tajweed it could be these very same adab right? it could be something else but the one who is teaching should not view himself afdal as to the one who is being taught and in fact that is supposed to be all the way true of the sheikh murid relationship so then imagine how true it has to be if fellow marids are engaging in teaching and studying. And even in the madrasa system, really a teacher should just say that, okay, I happened to do this three years before you did. Or I happened to do it four years before you did. That's just a coincidence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I happened to be studying three years before you, so today I'm teaching you. Otherwise, no superior. And sure enough, three years from now, that same group will be teaching the same thing. In fact, you can see it now, Right? Sure enough, within a few years, matter of years, couple of years, that same girl who was a Taliban will become a Mullima. So she should remember that also. <laughs> that just a couple of years ago, I myself was a Taliban. Right? Instead of acting as if her whole life she was born as a Mullima. Hmm? So, when a person teaches another, they should not let that create any ujub or kibar or takambar inside their heart. Alam number Barasala ko chahiye ke apne jaan o maal se apne peer baayon ki khidmat karein. Hadith-e-Pak mein hai Mishkat Shreef ke rwaayat hai Wallahu fi awn al-abdi ma daam al-abdu fi awn al-akhihi That indeed Allah jab tak bandha apne baay ki madad mein hai Allah ta'ala us bandha ki madad mein hai Alam number 11 it befits the it befits the traveler on this path and the seeker of the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that they should exert themselves bodily in doing khidmat and also spend their money on their fellow brethren and seeker on the path. Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu fi awn al-Abdi the Bhagavan said that indeed Allah Subhanahu will be in the awn will will help and assist his servant and slave. As long as the servant and slave is helping his brother. So what does it mean that whenever a person helps their fellow Muslim, that Allah Ta'ala will help them? Another hadith said if you help a fellow Muslim in a time of hajjah or need or help them fulfill a need, then Allah Ta'ala will fulfill one of your needs. So John and Mal. John se khidmat karna means time. Can mean spending your time. Can mean going places with them or picking them up or dropping them off on the way or taking the time out to call them or phone them or SMS them, right? Uh, and this is why, especially when people have multiple relationships, for example, you may have a teacher and a student who are both 
on the one hand in their own relationship with one another, their teacher-student, but in terms of their relationship with their sheikh, their peer by or peer behen, so sometimes the teacher should present him or herself to the student in that other relationship. And otherwise, maybe if it's normally that the student does khidmat of the teacher, but any peer by can do khidmat of another one, so this teacher can do khidmat of the student with the niyat that they're my peer by. This would be a very good way to discipline their nafs. And mal means, as it literally is, to spend on a person, right? If that person is a person of less financial ease than we are, right? So to chip in and help out a person, or individually to help out a person, uh, that and to do it with this niyat, that it's one of the other. The Sadiq of Nabi Akhanim suggests a certain thing that is really throughout our deen that when a person is selfish they will get less from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala but when they're selfish it means they want everything you can never get everything by being selfish but selfish is that attitude that you try to get everything there's another attitude which is being selfless selfless helping someone without any intention of even getting a reward for yourself, any intention, not even even necessarily consciously being aware of this hadith. <laughs> Initially, helping a fellow believer or a fellow seeker so helpless, so selflessly, so sincerely, so genuinely, that you neither hope for, you hope, you had no hope for reward. Whenever a person does that in their life, then Allah Subhanahu wa sends a special reward on them. At the same time, so this is this is the first thing in our deen, that the less, the more and more genuine, this is called ikhlas, the more and more sincere we are, the more mukhlis we are, the more mukhlas Allah Ta'ala makes us. What does that mean? The more sincere and genuine we do something, khalasatan lillah, fillah, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then mukhlas means that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then purges us and purifies us of any other insincerities or any other impurities. The second thing is that a person can still do that while, uh, and this is just emotional, a person will only understand when they do this, while they're conscious of this hadith. What does it mean? That technically speaking, if a person has this hadith in the forefront of their mind, then when he helps a person, his ulterior motive is I'm helping them but I'm actually only really helping them because I know that as long as I'm helping them, Allah Ta'ala is going to help me. So that is quote-unquote selfish, right? So no, it doesn't work that way. It's a strange thing that even though a person has this conscious awareness, may even remember, even at that very moment, the Sadiq, right? They will help that person genuinely for the sake of that person, selflessly, genuinely, sincerely, but at the end of that act, at the end of that amal, then they will hope to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, or they may make dua to Allah ta'ala later on, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, your Nabi Kareem sallallahu had said this. Actually, I helped them generally. I would have done it Allah ta'ala, even if this wasn't the case. That's what their state of heart should have been. Allah ta'ala, I helped them so generally. I would have done it even if this promised reward of your help was not there. But given that you have promised your reward and I am ever needy of you and your help and your might and your mercy, Allah Ta'ala, I ask that you 
relieve me of ABC need or fulfill or help me attain ABC need. Right? So this is actually an emotional thing. And the more and more person has the feelings of the sunnah and the feelings of adab and hadith, then a person may be able to see how all of these feelings interrelate to one another. Adam number Tera Agar Sheh Kisi Murid Ko Majlis Se Nikale Hum bhi Parker Sikhte Hain Ki Hume Kya Kya Akhtiarat Hain Agar Sheh Kisi Murid Ko Majlis Se Nikale Ya Us Par Itab Itab Kare To Uske Dushri Peer Bhai Uske Ghibat Me Mubtala Na Ho ممکن ہے اللہ تعالیٰ کی نظر میں غیبت کرنے والے اس نکالے ہوئے شخص سے زیادہ بدحال اور گناہگار ہوں عدم نمبر 13 if the sheikh expels one of the seekers from a gathering or اتعاب would be سختی سے ڈاؤٹے strongly reprimands in the gathering strongly reprimands a seeker in the gathering so the other fellow marids the other fellow seekers should not engage in backbiting right should not be guilty of backbiting because it is quite possible that in Allah Ta'ala's regard the ones who do backbiting are actually going to be worse off in their spirituality and will be more sinners than the one who was expelled or the one who was scolded in front of others what does this mean? So the first thing is that not just ghibat, ghibat is the izhar of a feeling, right? That is lisani amal, a person number one and their heart shouldn't be happy, right? And so this is why actually sometimes it does happen that the shaykh will daunt or scold people in public. Some of you were there a few months, well, many months ago, well, several months ago in the Mahad, when if you remember they announced the Alaman Semai, or maybe Wishishmai exams, and those students who had failed in any particular subject, one by one, the subject scores, or maybe it was the Daraja scores were given, and whichever student were failed were told to stand up. Right? So there were two types of reactions of the people in the audience. One group of Talaba were Ghor Siddhikrathe. They wanted to see who it was that failed in amongst you, because obviously the mothers of students know, even by name they can hear the name, they know who it is, right? And the other ones of you, you were looking down in shame, you were too ashamed to look, you felt bad for that person. You felt sad that somebody had failed the exam, you felt sad that they had let Hazrati down, but you also felt bad for them, and you were just hanging your head and you were too ashamed to look. And some of you, every time that happened, you wanted to look and see, which one it was who had failed the exam. So even though that was not ghibat, but that's a different type of feeling. Different type of feeling. So what the real feeling is supposed to be that when somebody gets scolded, right, it should not become talk of the town, it should not be twittered and become the latest news and gossip that so-and-so was kicked out of the mudzlers and so-and-so was scolded and reprimanded. 
means in your own brain's Twitter, it should not, you should not even notice it. It should not even register with you. You should not even have been aware of who was daunted. You should only be aware of when you were daunted. That's what you should be aware about. If somebody else is scolded or reprimanded or expelled, you should not have even have noticed that. It should not have registered. And then if it did register and then you were happy about it, right? Let's say that particular peer boy who thought never ever get scolded. Finally they got scolded. And not only did they finally get scolded, they got scolded publicly. Huh? So you get happy. Or some girl in the class who was Mulama Sahiba's favorite. And this is a problem you see when you play favoritism, right? When you have those who are in and those who are out and your favorites keep changing, then this type of behavior on the part of the teacher creates the improper attitude in the parts of the students. When the teacher has favorites, then the students will have rivalry. It's the teacher's fault. It's the teacher's fault. It's guaranteed. Whenever a teacher will have favorites, the students will have rivalry. And even worse, to have favorites on the basis of whims or khidmats or who you think is more you know, die-hard, loyal to you, right? Every student should be your favorite in that sense. But this is what will happen. So if the student, if the Mwandama has a favorite, and then for some reason, <laughs> favorite Saiba gets dumped, then all the other Talavat, oh, they're all happy, they're cheering, right? And later on, it may be the Sabjavribat, so the original sin will go to the Mandima, but also the Talibat should not behave like that. Should not be happy and they should not do ghibat, they should not tell later. Should not immediately call Aaj ab class mein aai thi, aapko pata nahi hua aaj class mein kya hua. Aap kyun nahi aai thi? Aap is not asking aap kyun nahi aai thi ki aap ilm se mehroom hoye. Ye wajah nahi hai. Ki aap aaj kyun nahi aai thi? Ek manzar dekhne ko aaya tha class mein. Huh? Yes, that's what they'll do. So oh, you weren't there today, you won't believe what happened. Allah <laughs> Akbar. Right? Nasher. Hmm? Spreading the news. Huh? So it shouldn't be like that. You should, you should just bow your head if something like that happens. Right? And that's why, you know, every Muslim and Muslimah doesn't have that. The real Sheikh should have such a robe, like you should not have been able to withstand looking at Hazrati's eyes when he was looking at the people who had failed. That's why you should have been lowering your head. But it takes a certain zarf to feel that robe. Don't think that mujitna zarf hai mujh par robe nahi aata. Nahi, jo bez zarf hota hai, us par robe nahi hota. Jo ba zarf hota hai, us par robe hota hai. So, or bhi chizhe aapka matana shur karna Yes? So, uh, you should never think like that. And yes, you know, I've, all, I've never seen Hazrati kick anybody out of the Madalas. I'm so shocked. But Madalas in Nikamna, never literally, but We've seen some pretty intense things in our life, but not literally that. Not that read Madhlasinikalagya, right? So that's a very rare thing that would happen. Or 
sometimes in the tabiat of some mashaykh, that wouldn't be such a rare thing. For some mashaykh, that would just be a standard, not standard, but an oft-repeated thing. That they would say, okay, you should leave. Because often used to have to kick people out of the khanka and they would just go camp out on the doorstep, right? But that's the famous story. There are some who didn't camp out on the doorstep and there were some who were kicked out and then they left, right? For whatever reason, uh, this is not something that we've seen. And certainly I don't think I've ever done it myself. I don't think I've ever kicked anybody out of a gathering. Have I? Huh? So, Why? Because it's quite possible that... What does this mean? It actually means that many times when the Shaykh scolds a person, right? Now, let me explain this. The same thing that is written, by the way, in Hadith, and this one famous fatwa I always tell you about that we compiled about physical, physically reprimanding children, that it can never be done in a state of anger. Zarabtuhu tadiban. That you only do it tadib and tarbiya. And tadib means to teach them adab, right? And to do their tarbiya. So this is also the difference, right? And between Shaykh and Mullim. That when Shaykh scolds you, he doesn't scold you because he's angry. Very rare. Very rare. He scolds you for the sake of your own good, right? And most Mullimas can't say that. When they get angry, they're just getting angry. They're just overwhelmed by the emotion of anger. They're not shaykh that they're doing it tadiban. Unka to sidi si baate voi gussa hai jo tasawuf nikalne ka dawa karta hai. Ye voi gussa jo aapko chal raha hai. As opposed to when shaykh gets angry with you, he's doing it for your tarbiyah. So what does that mean? The one who the shaykh got angry at is not actually getting lowered in his deen. That one should do ghibat or think one is better than him. Actually, the process of receiving the anger of the shaykh is actually lifting them up in their deen. So the one who got the daunt is going up. And the one who is doing the ghibat is certainly going down because ghibat is a sin. Right? So again, this is when the system works. And the original, everything originates with the teacher. So no mullim or mullama either should ever scold someone on the basis of ghussa. And, you know, it's an, it's just one of the signs of Qurbi Qiyamat that whether myself or others, there are people who are not qualified for these jobs who are doing them. And so if that happens, but then a person should realize that about themselves. That, okay, I'm not worthy of this position that Allah Ta'ala has put me in. I shouldn't then abuse that position. At the very least, I should be even more hum. I should be so humbled by the fact that I'm not worthy to be a teacher. That that humility should have been so strong that the humility crushed any possible anger I could have ever felt. And the other extreme is that I allow myself to feel anger. I feel entitled to be angry with my students because they're my students and I'm their teacher. No, there is no entitlement to anger in the right. Yes, scolding someone without actually in your heart being inflamed with anger for them, but outwardly appearing to be angry and scolding them, tadiman, that is what brings about a person's tarbiyah. And then you will see the result. The result will show the person who has to face just simply the wrath and anger of a teacher, their tarbiyah doesn't get done. They just get confused and they get sad, they get depressed, they get hurt. Right? And that person who gets the 
tarbiyat tadibi dot of a sheikh, right? Then they may initially feel a sting, but their actually spiritual state goes up. So overall, then the lesson is is that we shouldn't judge things on the outward form, the outward apparent thing. Allah Ta'ala knows best, right? Who is maqbool in the law? Who is mahabub in the law? Who is muqarrab in the law? Who is murad in the law? This is something that Allah Ta'ala knows best. This is not something that we can judge and ascertain. So these are the adab that the peer by and peer band, the fellow seekers in the path, brethren and brethren, should have for one another.